Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you will thank you. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Hope you're good. Hope you are well. Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of, of course, the 90-min football family. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. I have to say, I wasn't planning on doing a podcast today. I was planning on taking the whole day off. I was planning on just kicking back, chilling out, spending some time with the kids, Father's Day and all that, and um, and returning to action as far as the podcast is concerned tomorrow. But reading some of the reports that have been doing the rounds today and, and listening to, to some other Arsenal-related content has got me chomping at the bit, wanting to discuss some of the reports uh, that I refer to there, particularly the one around Thomas Partey and his future. He could be leaving the club, apparently, this summer, along with Granite Xhaka. And um, I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. And I'll explain a, a little bit about why on this edition of the Chronicles of Aguna podcast of course uh big hello to everybody in the live chat so many of you too many of you to run through your names but um big hello to you all hope you're well and thank you for choosing to spend your sunday slash father's day evening with me right here on the podcast uh, happy father's day of course to everybody who's celebrating um i hope you're all good hope you've all had a wonderful day um obviously for all those fathers that aren't around as well, because, um, you know, I know a lot of people find today quite difficult uh, because unfortunately their fathers or grandfathers or godfathers or whatever uh, are no longer around. So uh, a cheers to those people as well. And um, hope uh, hope you've been OK today on, on what can be a difficult day. It can be a lovely day, too. Uh, but it's important not to forget both sides of it, I think. So um, happy Father's Day to everybody uh, out there who is celebrating. Right. Um, we're going to do it. We're going to talk Thomas Partey. We're going to talk the report that dropped earlier today concerning his future. We're going to bring you the latest on Kai Havertz. We're going to be bringing you the latest on Romeo Lavia as well. We'll talk a little bit about Peter Drury replacing Martin Tyler at Sky Sports as well. There's so, so much to get into as always. And of course, at the end of the show, We'll take a load of your questions from the live chat box. Um, just one quick favour before we uh, dive into it. And it's not the usual favor. I am going to ask you to like the video. I'm going to ask you to subscribe if you haven't done so already. Uh, I am going to say thanks for getting us to the 27,000 mark on YouTube. I've been asking you guys for the last couple of days to help us out with that. And we've hit that milestone, which is amazing. But now it's very much the road to 30,000. Let's try and get there uh, ASAP. I realize that that's still quite a way to go. So there's going to be uh, a good few months probably before we do get there. But yeah, um, if you are new and you're not subscribed, then please do uh, me a favor and do so. But the favor I wanted to ask you guys was about hay fever. Has anybody got hay fever bad? And what do you do to help? Because I've suffered from it for a good few seasons now. Seasons, I'm talking in football terms, for a good few years. And over the last couple of years, I've been prescribed uh, a medication that has really helped me for the most part. You still get some of the symptoms when you wake up in the morning, but for the most part, it's made a lot of difference. This year, it has been unbearable so far. You can probably tell my eyes have been so swollen. Uh, when I woke up this morning, I couldn't even open my right eye for a good few minutes until I went and washed it and all of that. Horrible. Um, I'm wheezing which doesn't happen to me outside of hay fever season. Um, that's That's been a problem as well. And it is a problem when you talk for a living. So yeah, uh, just interested if anyone knows of any sort of magic tricks. I know there are a few of you in there are saying uh, fexofenadine. That's what I get. That's what I have. Um, but I'm just wondering if there's anything stronger out there 
uh, Wandering Minstrel says, uh, a few shots of Zivania in your cornflakes may help. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's a, a Cypriot spirit, which is basically like petrol. It basically tastes like petrol. Uh, local honey says where's bird uh, gurab says uh, ceterizine i'll write that one down because i haven't heard of that one before but anyway i know you're probably eager to get on with the podcast but i just thought i'd ask because the last couple of days have been an absolute nightmare uh larotidine as well says um, mark in the chat thank you thank you everybody for your suggestions uh on that one uh what else have we got what's this viking h says if you go on a carnivore diet, you won't get hay fever. Really? It's interesting. Anyway, um, that's enough about hay fever. Let's talk then about what we're actually here to talk about, which is, of course, the future of Thomas Partey. So let's bring everybody up to speed with what was said earlier on today by the man that everybody holds as Jesus Christ during the, maybe higher than Jesus Christ, actually, uh, during the uh, transfer windows here it is, um, Fabrizio Romano. He said, and let me share this on the screen, actually, for those of you that maybe haven't seen it so that you can take this in as well. Bear with me a second. Where is it? Here we go. Fabrizio Romano on Twitter says, understand there's a concrete, which concrete seems to be his word of the transfer window. I don't know if you guys have realized that. He seems to use that with regards to every situation at the moment. But he says he understands that there are concrete or, or there's a concrete chance Thomas Partey leaves Arsenal this summer. Clubs are interested and there have been discussions about his exit. His current contract expires in June 2025 and there have been no talks to extend as of today. Arsenal's priority in the window um, remains uh, Declan Rice, which I think we, we kind of know anyway. Look, so let me give you some some thoughts on this and, and and I'll kind of come at it from, you know, the angle that, that I'm looking at this from through, I, I don't know what I was trying to say, but you know what I'm trying to say. First of all, when I put a tweet out earlier on today about this, there was a ton of replies and the majority of those replies were along the lines of, well, Arsenal probably want to get rid of Thomas Partey for non-footballing reasons. Now, let me just be clear on this. I am aware of what people say. But if you're in my line of work, you can't go down this road. And you can't go down this road because, yeah, you just can't, okay? So I'm not ignoring that. I'm not brushing it to one side. I know what people say. But I'm going to stick to the football stuff because I have to stick to the football stuff. And so I just wanted to say before we dive into this, I don't want people to think that I'm ignoring that comment or that I'm ignorant to what people have been saying. But yeah, I'm going to stick to the football side of things because I think from a footballing perspective, the idea of allowing Thomas Partey to leave in the same window as Granit Xhaka makes absolutely no sense at all. So if you're one of those people that comes on this podcast and says in the live chat that Harry only defends the football club and is on board with every single decision they take and and would never dare say that they'd get anything wrong, then this is the episode for you. You're going to absolutely love it. Because what I'm about to do is list off a number of reasons as to why this would be absolutely bonkers on Arsenal's part from a footballing perspective to allow Thomas Partey to leave along with Granit Xhaka this summer. So, first of all, my hope going into this summer was not, oh my God, look at this team, we need to rip out loads of key parts of it and replace them because fundamentally it's just not good enough. Actually. Actually, what I wanted was let's build on the squad. Let's build on the platform that we already have. There's been a lot of hard work over the last couple of years to get to a place where uh, Arsenal are competitive again, right at the top of the Premier League. And although we fell 
short at the back end of the season. You know, you have to say, and, and as I kept saying, once the dust settles, you'll look back on that campaign and you'll say, right, okay, disappointed the way it ended in the end. But for me, it, it's impossible to deny. And I think for everybody, it was impossible to, to, to deny that there was a lot of progress. And although people were talking about Saliba at the back end of the season and how his absence cost us and talking about sort of the importance of Martin Odegaard and of Gabriel and Aaron Ramsdale in goal and Zinchenko and Jesus up front, the difference he made, Saka, Martinelli, etc. You cannot underestimate how important or how key or how imperative Granit Xhaka and Thomas Partey were as a pair. Now, we could end up losing both of these guys for non-footballing reasons. And that is frustrating because, you know, it's it's out of your hands as a football club. So, and I'm talking about the Granit Xhaka situation here, right? So, Granit Xhaka clearly wants to move on, clearly wants to go back to Germany. And, and the main reason, I think, the main driver for that is his family. Not in the sense of Granite Xhaka's wife's got a gun to his head and is saying, Granite, let's get out of here. We've got to go. You're not staying here another minute. No. I think Granite Xhaka is somebody that cares so much about his family that he will take the decision that he thinks is best for them, even if it's not being forced on him. I, I genuinely do believe that. I've been lucky enough to be in a room with Granite Xhaka on a couple of occasions over the course of the season. Um, and I was in the room during a really sort of in-depth interview that he gave, and I thought he came across as somebody, as I say, who puts family ahead of everything and anything else. So if Granite wants to go, there's not a lot you can do. And I said it sort of post the Wolves game on the final day. Granite Xhaka came into the mix zone, said goodbye uh, to, uh, of course, all of the um, the journalists. He said, look, we've had some good times. We've had some bad times. Never denied the idea or the possibility of him leaving, whereas Mikel Arteta was adamant that it just wasn't uh, going to happen. So, uh, like, with Granite Xhaka, I kind of made my peace with this one now. I've kind of accepted that this is the way it's going to go. It's going to happen. Off he goes. Um, see you later. But when it comes to Thomas Partey and again I know that people say there are other reasons for this but it, it just from a footballing perspective to lose both of them this summer would be a massive massive risk and it's a decision that has the potential to be disastrous it's a decision that has the potential to derail us and to set us back two or three steps two or three steps forward that we made over the course of last season, because those two players, Xhaka and Partey as a combination, was so good and was so important. Declan Rice coming in, if we can get that deal over the line, is obviously a great signing. But for me, it would have been a great signing with Xhaka and Partey still there. Less of a good signing with Xhaka having gone, because you lose that extra layer of depth and then there becomes that additional pressure on Declan Rice who I'm sure can handle it, by the way, but to come in and really hit the ground running straight away. And, you know, the signing loses even more weight, power, whatever you want to call it, if you're going to lose Thomas Partey too. Because, you know, I would have liked to have seen, for example, Arsenal start the season with Thomas Partey in the six, with... Um, Declan Rice in the left eight position, because although it is an eight position in that he's given license to get forward, whoever was playing that role when it was Granite Xhaka was getting back as well and was tucking in. And I do think that where Declan Rice is better than Granite Xhaka is defensively, not necessarily um, offensively. I think Granite Xhaka on a technical level is as good, if not better than Declan Rice. But I think Declan Rice is an all-rounder, has a lot more. And I think that's why he might have been or, or, or he should be an upgrade in theory in that position. People say that Declan Rice is a six. And I've repeatedly said that I think he can play six and he can play eight. But I have got concerns about him being the guy that you build up through. 
about him being the one that Aaron Ramsdale can ping the ball into his feet, about being the one that drops in between the centre-halves from time to time, that receives the ball in pressured situations and has to look over his shoulder and has to make sure, you know, that he's not in any danger of losing the ball before then progressing it through the lines. I think that when you play in a side like West Ham, and I've said this before, but I'll just say it again for a little bit of context. When you play for a side like West Ham, where you sit really deep, the chances are you're not going to face the same issues and and you're not going to be required to do all of the same things that you do when you play for a club like Arsenal, where it's on you to be creative. It's on you to break lines. It's on you to be progressive. And, you know, your opponent might well sit off. And if he sits off, great. You're going to receive the ball in those deeper areas without that much pressure on you. Therefore, in theory, it's easier. But then have you got enough about you to break the lines? I think Declan Rice can get better in that department. I'm not saying he's bad and I'm not saying he's a bad player. I want him at Arsenal. I really do. But I think there are elements of his game that are perhaps not under the microscope as much when he's playing for West Ham that will come under the microscope when he plays for Arsenal. And although his form dropped off at the back end of last season, Thomas Partey, when at it, can do all of it. He can defend effectively. He can eat the ground up around him. He can progress the ball. He can ping the ball out to the right flank for Saka. He can ping it out to the left for Martinelli. He can get to the edge of the box and have a crack from distance. Thomas Partey, when on form, and granted he wasn't on form in the last couple of months of the season, when available, of course, is is probably the more complete option at six. But that doesn't mean I don't want Declan Rice, and that doesn't mean that I don't want Declan Rice in the team. Declan Rice is a better option at six than El Nenny, for example, and so you'd class him as an option there. But I was under the impression that Declan Rice would be coming in to play as an eight. Now, if Declan Rice is coming in to play as an eight, then he's not coming in to directly replace Thomas Partey. You would guess at this point, although you never really know with Mikel Arteta, but I would guess that actually, you know, we'd be looking at someone else for the sixth role then, if indeed Thomas Partey is going to go. The link, the rumour is Romeo Lavia. Wonderful player, brilliant talent, young, wet behind the ears a little bit, but very, very talented, clearly. And somebody that I think is attainable, given that Southampton's asking price because they've been relegated isn't going to be batshit crazy. I think it's a deal that Arsenal could do. But whereas two days ago, I'd have been sat here saying to you guys, look, I wanted Rice and Caicedo, have come to the realisation that financially that's probably not possible. And so... A Rice and Lavia duo coming in could be quite good and could be enough in midfield. That was on the premise that Thomas Partey stays. That was on the premise that we only lost Granite Xhaka, who I was still a tiny bit hopeful we'd be able to keep because I think that we should keep both of them and bring two more in. Because far too often we've had to, you know, rotate in certain competitions or bring players in in order to, um, you know, in order to cope with injuries. And the level has just gone off the cliff completely. And I think if you bring Rice and Lavia in, they're on a level whereby they can compete for starting positions, but they're also far better than the second choice players that we have, meaning that Mikel Arteta will probably feel a lot more comfortable about rotating. Because again, one of the points you could make about the back end of last season and one of the arguments you could put across if you wanted was that his reluctance to rotate maybe left us a little bit jaded at times and contributed to individual errors creeping in at the back end of the season. I don't know. The point I'm trying to make here is that Declan Rice would be a great signing, but he can't replace two players. He can't replace Xhaka and Partey. Romeo Lavia would be a good signing as well. But he's the type of signing that I would look at and say, OK, I'm signing you more for potential, more based on your potential and what you could be for me in the next two, three seasons than what you are today. Because make no mistake about it, if Arsenal are going to lose Thomas Partey and Granit Xhaka, 
Rice and Lavia coming in as a combination, two versus two is not better. Rice and Lavia do not take the level of the team higher than what Granite Xhaka and Thomas Partey contributed to last season. Now, they might do in two, three seasons' time, but I'm done worrying about tomorrow. I'm done focusing on tomorrow. I'm interested in the here and now. And the, the key for me this summer was to go out and make signings and additions, as I say, that could make us that team we want to be when we kick off at the start of next season. Bringing in Lavia and Rice, assuming that we get those deals done, is null and void if you lose Xhaka and Partey. Because we're supposed to be building, not replacing, not stripping back. You know, somebody said in the chat a little bit earlier on, I've lost the comment because the chat's been updating so much, but somebody said something along the lines of, well, you know, Thomas Partey um, will be worth nothing next year. I don't care. I don't really care what he's worth next year. I care more about Arsenal being competitive. Now, I know I put a YouTube short out yesterday in which I said, guys, look, I'm a bit, you know, I get a bit irritated when people say, oh, well, it doesn't matter what the player costs because it ain't my money. It's the club's money or it's Cronky's money or whatever. Nobody's saying that Cronky's short of a few quid, but the reason you should take an interest might not be a deal breaker for you personally, but the reason you should take an interest in how much the club spends is because we've seen our club in particular misspend, overspend on bang average footballers over a long period of time. And we've seen that it's taken us three, four seasons to kind of come out the other side of that in terms of the squad turnover and, and changing the guard. So it can really, really set you back. I always said to you guys that I didn't think we'd get Rice and Caicedo because I thought it would be too much money. I'm okay with Lavia being the cheaper alternative to Caicedo because Arsenal have decided that Rice should be the priority above Caicedo. Not a problem for me, that. And this is not me shitting on the player. So I don't want anybody to take that away from this. My criticism now is not any reflection of Romeo Lavia because I think he's a young player. He's developing. And I think in time, he'll be very, very good. He's shown... He's got all the raw attributes. All I am saying is that if you took Granite Xhaka and Thomas Partey out of that team tomorrow and you replace them with Declan Rice and Lavia, the team is not instantly better. Again, it might be two, three years down the line, but it isn't instantly better. And that's what worries me and concerns me about this. Let me know what you guys think in the comments section as well. I'll take as many of your comments as we possibly can throughout the duration of the show. A big thanks to uh, Hadi Shabazz for his very, very kind Super Chat donation. He says, Rice and Havertz are 10 out of 10 signings. I think they will be good signings if we get them done. I'm not, di I'm not disputing that for a second. All I'm saying is the void that would be left by Partey and Xhaka, given their importance to this side, you know, isn't going to be completely filled by Lavia and Rice just like that. That's that's kind of my point here. Now, if I wouldn't play devil's advocate and I'll play the other side of the argument, which we'll do in just a second, then there's an argument that Mikel Arteta is being proactive here and that that should be applauded. But we'll get to that in a minute. We're going to take a very, very brief pause. If I could just ask you before I do so uh, to leave a like on the video if you haven't done so already. Let's check out where we are on likes. Just 66 on the board. Come on, guys. Um, that's nowhere near enough. Uh, let's drive that up as far as we possibly can. There should be at least 200 on the board, given how many of you are watching. Subscribe to the channel as well, if you haven't done so already. That really, really helps as we continue on our road towards 30,000 subscribers here on YouTube. Short pause, and I'll be back. Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Right, let's take uh, some of uh, your uh, comments. Uh, uh, Moss says, how can you say you don't care about selling when that's what we got wrong so long ago and or, or for so long? And yeah, yesterday, uh, basically the video I put out, he says, S worry about the fees. Sorry, it's a little bit of a confusing comment, but what Moss is basically saying is, how can I say I don't care about what I sell Thomas Partey for 
um, if I'm saying that we should be worried about fees and stuff. No, I think overall you can have a much better selling policy without it having to be applied to every single player. So, for example, right, let's take, I don't know, Emile Smith-Rowe, okay? That's an example of someone that I would be more open to selling than Thomas Partey going into this summer, even though Emile Smith-Rowe is one for the future, is very young, was given the number 10 shirt, all of that jazz. That is someone that if we lost him this summer, our level as a team, from what it was last season in comparison to the new season we're about to head into, does not drop because basically he played no part last season. So if you lose him, it doesn't set you back. You can get a few quid in as well and you can use it on someone else and you can strengthen in other areas. I don't mind Thomas Partey leaving the football club in the next couple of seasons. And and when I say, or when I said just before the break that, you know, there are, uh, there, there is a counter argument to this and that is that Maybe Mikel Arteta has seen the drop-off in Partey at the back end of last season. Maybe there is something to what a lot of people have been saying. Maybe, but I don't know. So I'm not going to go into that in any detail. And, you know, maybe Mikel Arteta thinks, well, this is the time to move him on and get something in rather than nothing. But as far as we know right now, And I appreciate that I'm one of the first people to say that we don't know everything that's going on in the transfer market. Based on what we hear and based on who we think is going to come in, Arsenal will not be a better team in the midfield area at the start of next season than they were at the end of the last if you lose Partey and Xhaka and you replace them with Rice and Lavia, in my my opinion. Will we do more business? Maybe. Is Thomas Partey even definitely going to leave? No, because what Fabrizio Romano has actually said is he understands there's a concrete chance. If you think back to the last two transfer windows, we heard that Granit Xhaka was off. We heard he'd signed for Roma. It didn't happen, though, did it? Never went through. So I'm not wanting to overreact here, but I just think this is something that, you know, I I read this this morning. What time was it put out? Uh, 11.51 a.m. was the tweet. I read it this morning and I've been going over it in my head all day. I haven't prepared at all for this episode of the podcast. I was just sort of thinking about it and thinking about it throughout the course of the day and got to the point where I thought I need to jump on and speak about this because I think it's a a really, really confusing idea. It is just an idea at the moment. But yeah, strange, um, strange. Anyway. Uh, Mr. Echo says, would you be happy though, if we added Gundogan? Wait, so if, so do you mean if we added Gundogan to the Rice and Lavia duo that we think Arsenal are targeting at the moment? If that's the question, then obviously Gundogan coming in helps to bridge that gap massively. And I, and you might even argue, and, and I wouldn't be against this, saying that actually Rice, Lavia and Gundogan replacing Xhaka and Partey does make us better. And that's a a fair point. I think that is a really fair point. And actually, the more I talk about that, the more I think, yeah, absolutely, that would improve us as a midfield. But at this moment in time, I know people keep saying Arsenal are still in there for Gundogan and that they're keeping their ear close to the ground and that they're across the situation. There hasn't really been any indication that Arsenal lead the race when it comes uh, to signing the German midfielder. But if he did come in, then that kind of kills my argument here and my my gripe, which is Lavia and Rice do not instantly make the team better than Partey and Xhaka. What else have we got in the chat? Um, uh, Just the J says, I'm at the point where we just need to commit to the midfield demolition. Arteta was using buzzwords like reset and ruthless at the end of the season. So be it. From having been in Mikel Arteta's press conferences and from being really lucky enough to have spoken to him at the sort of back end of last season on on more than one occasion, I did get the impression that he was really upset by the way the season sort of faded and the way our title challenge sort of went to shit, basically. He was bothered by that. It really did get to him. And I think there was a part of him that 
actually, although he, he he sort of made it out as if it was very clear what had gone wrong, there was a part of him that was just mystified by it, that was baffled by it, that couldn't quite understand why the performances had dropped off in the way that they did and, and what was responsible for that. So I wouldn't put it past Mikel Arteta thinking I need to, to overhaul this midfield, but it just feels like a huge, huge risk. Um, it just feels like a huge, huge risk. Uh, Jimmy Flo says, do you think it's a matter of have to and not want to regarding Partey? I have no idea, mate. I have no idea. And um, as I keep saying, I'm not going to speculate about the rumours because you can't, you know, you just can't. So um, I can't answer that question because the truth is, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Zaki Hassan says, how are you saying that Xhaka is better than Rice? I never said that Xhaka was better than Rice. I said that Rice for me is better defensively, Xhaka offensively, and and basically the combination of Rice and Lavia, if that is what we get in, is not as good as the combination of Xhaka and Partey because I rate Partey really, really highly. And I rate Lavia too but I don't think he's quite at that level yet. I don't think Rice is so, so much better than Granit Xhaka that that nullifies the fact that Lavia today would be a downgrade on Thomas Partey. That's the point I'm making. What else have we got? Um, Let's take a few more. The uh, Teme says, uh, please don't judge so quickly. Other midfield targets will emerge for purchase and the board and coaches are not stupid. I'm not saying they are, mate. And I'm one of the first people to say that based on what we've seen over the last 12, 18 months, they deserve our trust. But that doesn't mean you can't have an opinion on something. And I've got an opinion on this that is a lot stronger than some of the opinions I've put across over the last couple of months, whereby I did want to take stock of things. I, you know, wanted to see how I was going to feel come the end, come the sort of point where the dust had settled. And and like, for example, the Kai Havertz thing, right? That's a really, really divisive topic. There's a lot of Arsenal fans out there that don't want to see Kai Havertz anywhere near Arsenal Football Club. I'm of the opinion that he'd be a good fit. Um, but that's not because, you know, I, I have blind faith in in the coach and, and the management. I have some faith in them, obviously. I've got my own mind as well. And um, when it comes to Havertz, for example, I, I suggested him as a potential signing before we even heard that he was linked. So, you know, I trust kind of them, obviously, but I've got my own views as well. And I can't have a view on other midfielders that I don't know that we're interested in at this moment in time because I'd just be plucking names out of a hat. And that's not what we're doing on this show. We're just weighing up what we have in terms of information, which is that. Arsenal's priority right now is Declan Rice, which is that Granit Xhaka is probably going to leave. Thomas Partey could leave based on the reports we've got today. And that Romeo Lavia is the second midfield player that Arsenal were looking at bringing in. Let's see what else uh, we've got. Lots of you bringing up Caicedo again, guys. I just don't see it happening. Um, I just don't see it happening. You know, it, it, we heard the other day, didn't we, that he'd agreed personal terms with Chelsea, that it wasn't a problem. One that drives me bonkers is um, Ruben Neves. For, for a few seasons now, I've wanted to see him at Arsenal. I really like the player. I think he's got so much more ability than what you see from um, from him in a Wolves shirt. But it looks like tonight, uh, he's set for a move to Al-Hilal in Saudi Arabia because Al-Hilal and Wolves have reached an agreement for Ruben Neves, which cost the Saudi club 55 million euros. Now, Wolves will be keen to sell this summer because Ruben Neves has just one year left on his contract. I don't think many clubs in the world would have wanted to pay a 55 million euro fee for him given that contract situation. Obviously, the Saudis are happy to do that. Fabrizio Romano is also reporting this evening that they're trying to get Khalidu Koulibaly as well, which would help Chelsea out a ton, wouldn't it? Because they need to move 
players on, as we keep saying. But yeah, look, you're right to say that we don't know who else could emerge as a midfield target. We heard a lot about Zubin Mendy recently and and sort of over the last six months. And, and there's not been too much of that at the start of this transfer window. So, you know, we've got to, we've got to be mindful of the fact that there will be players out there that Arsenal will be looking at that we have no idea uh, that there's even a link. So I get that. But just going by the information I have right now, I'm not, I'm not convinced that this move that we're planning, this overhaul that we're planning instantly makes us a better team. Uh, Malesi says uh, the drop-off was across the board at the end of last season, Saka included, and it's obvious it was due to poor minutes management. Selling Partey is wrong. It would be a bad move. Um, Mohammed says hearing that Partey is going to the Saudi league, if true, we can get a decent fee. I've heard that as well. That is one of the options that's being talked about. And if Thomas Partey goes to the Saudi league and we can command a fee, anything like what Al-Hilal are about to pay for Ruben Neves, then that changes it. That changes things, doesn't it? Because, you know, Thomas Partey, given his age and, and his injury record, which I think is a big thing, and, you know, maybe I've been unfair on Mikel Arteta by perhaps not highlighting that earlier as one of the reasons he may feel that it's time to move on from him. But if you can get big money in, and that means you can do the overhaul properly, then then fine, that, that changes things and it changes them quite significantly. But if you're going to lose Xhaka and Partey, as I keep on saying, to go big on one midfielder and look at the slightly cheaper alternative on the second, that's not convincing for me. And it doesn't show the ambition that I want us to show um, in terms of, of moving forward and pushing on to that next level. Uh, what else have we got? Let's um, let's take this one from Jean René, who says, uh, "I'm with you, Harry. I'll be very disappointed if Partey and Xhaka are allowed to leave." Uh, uh, what else have we got? Let's take a couple more, and then uh, we'll touch on a couple of other stories uh, before uh, before moving on to uh, your questions for the remainder of the show. Stan the Man says, we're literally funding Chelsea's move for Caicedo. Mate, I, I mean, anyone that buys off Chelsea could be accused of funding their move for Caicedo because we're hearing that there are Saudi clubs sniffing around so many of their players, Saudi clubs that will be willing to pay big, big money. And look, you, you can't be obsessed by that, right? If Arsenal think that Kai Havertz is a good fit, then go and get Kai Havertz. What Chelsea do with that money, you can't control it anyway. So why obsess over it? Clearly, Arsenal don't want Moises Caicedo as much as you do or I do or the majority of the Arsenal fan base does because if they did, he would be the priority ahead of Declan Rice. They'd be trying to find ways to generate the funds to bring him in alongside Declan Rice, perhaps, particularly if there's this idea in place of completing a midfield overhaul. It's clear to me that Arsenal looked at Caicedo in January, liked the look of him, made their move, were knocked back. But between January and the end of the season, for one reason or another, and I couldn't tell you why, because I'm not privy to those conversations or I'm not inside the head of Arteta or Edu, but for one reason or another, between January and now, Arsenal decided that Caicedo was not the number one target anymore, the number one priority, and that instead Declan Rice would be the main man. So something's happened there. Something's happened along the way. And if Chelsea go and sign Moises Caicedo, whatever, they probably could have done it anyway because Todd Bowley throws cash at whatever he wants to throw cash at. And with the Saudi league trying to make the moves that they are, um, you know, it's, it's with the Saudis trying to make the moves that they are. It's um, you know, it's easy to shift your players. They have saved Chelsea. They have literally saved Chelsea. Uh, Creambone says, "Did you make me a mod? I've just clicked it now. Uh, if anyone else wants to be a mod, it will it will only be given to people that I I see in here all the time. You know, I trust. Not that I don't trust the rest of you, but obviously, I'm giving you moderation capabilities to my channel, so I want to make sure." Uh, that it's people I at least know um, 
So yeah, but we, you know, anything to stop the trolls, get all the crap out of the chat box. Cause look, we want to have healthy discussions and debates. There's no problem with people having different views, but we want to keep it respectful. And, um, and of course, uh, we want to make it the best possible environment that it can be. Right. Uh, that's enough about, about Partey's potential departure. You know what I think of it, unless we really do overhaul the midfield. And by that, I mean, spend 200 plus million on it. I don't think it makes any sense whatsoever from a footballing perspective. Injuries problem. Yes. When it comes to rumours, I, I, I can't comment on it, basically. But anyway, okay, um, let's take another very, very short pause. Before I do it, make sure you leave a like on the video. Just 137 on the board. We should have at least 250. Come on, guys. Like, like, like. Subscribe. All the rest of it. Be back in a second. We're going to talk Kai Havertz briefly. We're going to talk Lavia. And we're going to talk a little bit about Peter Drury, the GOAT of commentators, replacing Martin Tyler at Sky Sports. Welcome back to the show. Just a quick update on Kai Havertz. It's not really an update, though, is it? That like, you know, it feels like people are just regurgitating the same information over and over and over again and dressing them up as new reports. But it seems like Kai Havertz, not just according to sort of the usual suspects, but according to a number of German journalists as well, has made it clear that Arsenal is where he wants to go. Uh, Arsenal is where he wants to be, doesn't want to go back to Germany, wants to play for the Gunners. And so Arsenal are said to be wanting to wrap this up uh, as soon as possible now after the international break. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if we can get that done. When it comes to Romeo Lavia, uh, Fabrizio Romano has uh, also reported now that the interest is, and again, I say he's, he's buzzword for the window, concrete, which means that there is something to that. So uh, we'll await further information on both of those two, but it seems like Arsenal are interested in bringing both of those players to North London over the course of this summer, hopefully sooner rather than later. Now, we heard the news yesterday that Martin Tyler, uh, Sky commentator for I don't even know how many years, um, had stepped down and would no longer be a part of the team going into the new season. Not because he's retiring, um, but just because, yeah, that's that they're making a change. You don't know what side it came from, his side, their side, who knows. But anyway, Martin Tyler is leaving and he's going to be replaced by Peter Drury, who I think is probably the only commentator that I think you can bring in and everybody will be pleased with. Um, you know, because Peter Drury is, is superb. I think Clive Tilsley is up there as well. But Peter Drury, for me, is a wordsmith and, and he's a wonderful guy as well. What I just wanted to say, and, and again, like I got this when I defended Martin Tyler the other week when he was getting absolutely hammered on social media, was, oh, well, you know, he he, he did your podcast and he, he spoke in the intro and, and whatever. And because of that, you will always side with him. no. You know, I'll talk about him as a commentator and as a person in, you know, I can differentiate the two, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Martin Tyler, you don't sit at the top of that profession, which I know is a really, really difficult profession to break. You don't sit at the top if you're not good, if you're not great, if you're not talented, if you don't live and breathe it. And he has lived and breathed it for so long. He is the voice of the Premier League. And so many of my childhood memories and best memories of the Premier League have his voice attached to them. And that will never change. And I just think that some of the reaction to, to that announcement was so disrespectful. You know, there are people in this football media business that are, are, are massive assholes, And I'll tell you that firsthand. There are people that are horrible. There are people that have their heads so far up each other's asses that I'm surprised they can breathe. Because all it is is a game to try and climb up on top of one another. When you come across genuine people in this industry, you should cherish them. And Martin Tyler absolutely is that. I've said it to you guys before. When I first started commentating, and obviously I don't commentate at the level that these guys operate at, obviously. But when I first started, I had met Martin Tyler a little while before. And I thought, Do you know what? I've got a couple of demos. I want to send them around. But I need someone who knows what they're listening to. I, I need someone who's fantastic to... Or, or of that incredible standard to, you know, to to just listen and, and give me any pointers or, or tell me what 
he thought I was doing wrong. I reached out to Martin Tyler after he'd done the podcast. This was quite a while after he'd done the podcast. And he he was so amazing. He said, send it over. I'll take a, a, a listen and I'll provide you with some notes and some feedback. And it was unbelievable feedback. Not disrespectful feedback like your shit, but there were so many things to work on. And you could tell that he'd listened to it over and over again and that he really put time into the feedback. People at that level in this business don't often have time for others. And that's why when they do, you need to respect them. And and I always share that story with people because it says so much about the man. And whether you think his commentary now in 2023 is no longer as good as it was in 1998 or 2004, that's fine. But when people were sort of like, hooray, Martin Tyler's gone. Thank God for that. Blah, blah, blah. It was nonsense. Doesn't mean you can't be pleased about Peter Drury coming in because I think he's fantastic. And I think he's the type of, he he was the next in line. He's the one that, you know, we want to hear now going forward um, on our TVs here in the UK. Uh, of course, the home of the Premier League. You know, yeah, he's he's a legend, absolute legend. And um, wish him all the best in whatever he does next. But I just thought some of the reaction to it, even from some of my mates, was disgusting. And I was like, what's the matter with you lot? Like, you lot literally have no idea what it takes to be there and to be there for that long. So to completely dismiss it or disrespect it, I thought was massively unfair. But anyway, look, let's take a couple of questions uh, before we go. I'm just conscious that the UEFA Nations League final is kicking off in a little bit. Croatia-Spain should be an interesting game. Um, looking forward to chilling out for the rest of the evening uh, and uh, watching that. Some news breaking apparently about Fabio Vieira as well, who uh, could miss the uh, under-21s uh, Euros, which will be a shame, actually, if that is true, because, you know, he's someone that... Um, that I think could have done with the confidence boost uh from um from uh from sort of maybe going to that tournament and really performing uh but let's um let's see what what's being actually said fabio vieira out of the euro under 21 championships due to a medical condition after evaluation and follow-up by the health and performance unit it was decided not to risk the player player was being monitored but did not make the expected recovery in time to play. No details given about what the condition or injury is. That sounds worrying. Um, for them to be so vague, it, it doesn't sound good. So I'm um, wishing Fabio Vieira all the best, and maybe we'll get a bit more information by the time we next podcast, in which case we can discuss that in a little bit more length um, and in a little bit more detail. Um, thank you for all the kind words, by the way. Uh, in the chat. Good to good to see them. It, it does make me feel better um, when this uh, hay fever is kicking the shit out of me at the moment. Uh, Mohammed says, Tom, your thoughts on taking somebody experienced like Savic, uh, Milinkovic Savic of Lazio. We have been linked to him before. Uh, your thoughts? I like Milinkovic Savic, but um, do I see that happening? Do I see it as a possibility? Not really. Not anymore. I think the ship Don't know what happened there, but I'm back anyway. Um, no, I just think that the um, the uh, ship has sailed when it comes to Sergei Milinkovic Savage. I do like him. Um, I've always liked him, but yeah, it, it just doesn't feel like it's coming. I don't get this. Damien says they calling you Tom now, Harry. I don't get it. What do you mean by that? Um, yeah, don't understand. Uh, Jaman Property says if we miss out on Rice and Caicedo, what transfer will make you not pissed? off basically at Arteta and Edu um if we got um if we manage to get Lavia and Rice as is being rumored and added Ilkay Gundogan to that I would be okay with us losing Xhaka and Partey maybe not totally okay because I really enjoyed what they did for the majority of last season. Granit Xhaka all season, Thomas Partey for three quarters of it. But that would go, that would give me enough confidence that we've done enough to, um, to sort of fill the void left by those two if they are to depart. 
if we don't um then or if we don't bring in the players that make me feel confident that we've plugged that hole then obviously yeah i'm going to i'm going to be dis- uh, disappointed and underwhelmed let's take a couple more just before we sign out john daly says we tend to agree a lot harry so like me is this the first window you can remember that we sit back and trust the arsenal transfer window i'm so confident edu and arteta would do what's best for us yeah i i think overall that would that would sort of describe how i'm feeling you know i I've had my little rant today about the potential of losing Partey along with Xhaka and, and what that would mean and and sort of compared that combination to the combination that we're rumoured to be trying to bring in to replace them. Yeah, of course. Um, overall, generally speaking, of course, I am more trusting of them than I'm not. But, you know, I, I think... I've probably fallen into that trap today of of sort of becoming maybe over-emotional um on a on a story off the back of a story that might not even be something to use for Brizio Romano's line concrete at this moment in time so yeah um generally speaking I do trust them and I think that you know they'll have to be proactive rather than reactive at times because we're not on the same financial level as some of the clubs that we want to compete with and as long as they do do that smartly and get more right than wrong then then that's fine as well but yeah, anyway, look, guys, I am going to leave it there. Uh, really, really sorry. Um, just uh, there's five minutes till the Nations League final kicks off. I know that loads of you will want to get off and watch that. I'm certainly going to go and watch it now as well. Man, I've missed football. Uh, so I'm going to go sit down and watch that. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, with a full length episode again. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed. Your notifications are turned on. That way you'll never miss a trick. Uh, in terms of likes, only 172 on the board. Come on, I asked for 250. Let's do it. Like, like, like. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. We're on the road to 30K. It really, really does help. If you're listening on audio, uh, then please do leave us a review. That helps too. And I will see you all tomorrow. Until then, take care, guys. Happy Father's Day again and enjoy your evening. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.